you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. Those who want to kill me will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for the jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God will glory in him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. So, Psalm 63. Over the summer, um, as Andrew said, we're looking at the book of Psalms, um, which, as Jez explained to us last week, contains songs and poems and prayers. So this week we've arrived at Psalm 63, which, as you can see from the slide, is longing. The background of this psalm can be found in the book of 2 Samuels, um, chapters 13 to 18. I'm just going to give us a bit of a brief story, uh, which has led up to David, who um, this psalm is for, um, led up to him being in this dry and parched land. So King uh, King David had a son called Amnon uh, and another son called Absalom. Amnon fell in love with a girl called Tamar, who actually happened to be Absalom's sister, so it was his stepsister. Amnon had this great plan to seduce her, but she resisted him. So, unfortunately, he raped her and disgraced her. Understandably, this really angered Absalom, Um, And a couple of years later, Amnon was actually killed by Absalom at his command. King David found out about these two brothers, um, and he really mourned, um, and Absalom fled away from him. After three years, uh, a guy called Joab persuaded King David uh, to go out and send for Absalom to come back, which he did. Uh, But David said, Absalom can't see me, he's got to go to his own house. After another two years, Absalom called for Joab again to send a message to the king, but Joab didn't come. So Absalom set all Joab's fields on fire to get his attention. Um, Eventually, Absalom did get back to Jerusalem. However, just as soon as he is back, um, he started plotting and, and, you know, making a conspiracy Um, He starts making friends and secretly buttering people up, ready to come back and overthrow his father, King David. A messenger comes to David and lets him know about um, everything that's going on. So David flees Jerusalem with his household, runs out, crosses that dry and parched land. That's where we find David in this psalm. 
He's left his home in fear of a son who's gone rogue and his life is in danger. Um, David had brought his whole household and some other people um, with him and they were in real need of some physical sustenance. And David is also expressing his need for spiritual nourishment as well. So, there we go. So let's look at David's longing. Is it a good or a bad thing? Well, sometimes longing can be unhelpful, maybe if it manifests as an unhealthy obsession or if it's very self-centered or selfish. However, in this situation, I argue that it is very much a good thing. Where David is in need and at a disadvantage, he could very easily um, turn to lament or sorrow or self-pity. But his response is actually far from this. He has chose to long for and seek God. Now, this could very easily be the end of my sermon today. I think, you know, I've I've made my point. But no, 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 I'm going to continue. Don't worry. Um, So we've got those three um, verbs there that I want to focus on. Thirst, seek, and long. Well, we're going to start with I thirst. Thirst is a very basic physical need experienced by all living things, um, which needs satisfying and fulfilling and quenching. Um, Interestingly here, the Hebrew word that is translated as thirst in this passage um, is a verb called That's the same word that is actually used in Isaiah 49 concerning the restoration of Israel. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. This thirst goes above and beyond the need for a drink. This is a thirst that only God has the power and control to quench. I planted four new shrubs in my front garden this year, um, which have been the only bit of gardening I've managed, unfortunately. With the hot weather, each time I've been pouring buckets of water on them, My small hydrangea is actually visibly happy a few hours after a good water, uh, with the leaves pointing outwards and not down. I was reflecting on how much joy and satisfaction um, I and probably other gardeners get from keeping plants healthy and well-watered. How much then does God enjoy being our source of strength? So, I don't know if you're wondering what I've got on this table. Um, I don't know if anyone um, knows what this is. Um, It's actually a block called Oasis, and this is used in flower arranging. Um, So what you'd do is you'd have your dish, you'd put this in, and you'd stick the flowers in it. Well, the purpose of this is to keep the flowers up, but it's also to keep them watered. Um, Now, if I cut into this, you'll see... It's very dry, it's like a foam, it's dusty, it's going to be absolutely no use at all. 
So it needs some water. Well, I've got another block here that I'm going to try and fill this with some water uh, to see what will happen. Now, here we go. I'm going to give it a bit of a shake, maybe push it down a bit, see how we go. Right, there we go. That looks pretty well watered. So let's have a little look what it's like. Hmm. Well, I don't know if you can see that. Yes, it's lovely and watered on the outside, and it looks like it would do a really good job, but actually, it's still really dry on the inside. Now, this is actually a block that I put in, uh, in the water right before the service began. So, let's have a little look at this one. This one has had lots of time to soak up water. It's been surrounded by water. There's an endless, imagine this is an endless supply. And if I cut through this, this is soaking wet all the way through. I grew up as a Christian, having decided to give my life to Jesus when I was 11. All throughout my teenage years, uh, my relationship with God grew. I went to church, uh, my church youth group I went to every week. I did Bible studies. I was discipled by some older women who helped me grow in my faith. I went to church camps, and I had some real and genuine encounters with Jesus. However, when I was 17, I had to go into hospital for four months due to an illness. And at this time, I didn't have any support that I'd had. I didn't go to church. I didn't have anyone visiting me. Um, and I really fell away from God. I still believed that God was there, but I didn't really see how my faith was that important to me anymore. I stopped praying, I stopped reading my Bible, and nothing felt any different, so why would I bother anymore? I guess you could say that this was like the second piece of Oasis. Up until that point, my thirst for God had actually been at quite a surface level. I hadn't ever identified or felt any deep need for God. Well, I went on to university, still not really feeling um, like I needed God at all. Um, I didn't go to church. I didn't join the Christian Union. I just completely shut off and forgot about God altogether. But one Sunday, I was lying in bed and I'd woken up early because, yes, seven o'clock is early for a student, especially on a Sunday. Um, and I don't know why, but I decided to put the, um, the Sunday morning service on that happens on Radio 4, and I was listening to that. Given that that was actually quite a pivotal moment for me, I've got no idea what that service was, what it was about, what songs there were. But at that point, I felt very clearly prompted by God to get up, get ready, and go. Well, I told God that I was only going to get up and I was only going to, I'm not going to, you know, put anything nice on. I put some droxy bottoms on and I'm going to just go to the church that's nearest to me. I'm not going to make any effort. I'm just going to do the bare minimum to prove to God that this was not for me. Well, the minute, so I, so I put some jogging bottoms on and I went to a church which was two streets away, which was a Baptist church. The minute I walked through the door, 
I had this absolute rush feeling through me that I've never felt before. And all I felt was, I am home. I was like the completely dry block of oasis, and I didn't realise. My heart and soul were like this dry and parched land, desperate for God. In stark contrast to this, Psalm 23 says that the Lord is our shepherd, and we lack nothing. He makes us lie down in green pastures, leads us beside quiet waters, and refreshes our soul. This is a thirst that only God has the power and control to quench. Next slide. There we go. So, I seek. Well, this is an action. This is about trying to find or obtain or achieve something. It implies that the seeker needs to be proactive. The verb in the original text is an imperfect one. And if anyone knows a lot about grammar, a perfect verb is a one-off occasion. I ate something. That's a one-off thing. But an imperfect verb actually happens continually. Indeed, David said that he earnestly seeks God. Um, And in a lot of versions of the Bible, this is actually translated as early, implying that this is the first thing he does every day. And this is reflected elsewhere in the Psalms. Psalm 5 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Psalm 30 says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchman waits for the morning. More than the watchman wait for the morning. You or I might wake up needing a coffee or the loo, but who honestly can say you wake up every morning and the first thing you do is confess how much you really need God in your life every day? Our third verb, I long. This is a state of real yearning and craving and desire, almost uncontrollable and instilled. When your heart is so dead set on something, it's almost impossible to stop that. Well, the author of the message, which is the um, version that uh, Sarah read for us earlier, uh, which is not a direct translation of the Bible, but rather a more interpretive version, It puts it like this, God, I can't get enough of you. And this should always be the case. Uh, In the book of Lamentations, which we're actually going to be going on to study this autumn, um, we read that God's mercy and compassion is new every morning. Every day we wake up and God has something new to teach us, new to show us, give us, a renewed forgiveness and love. I don't know about you, but I don't really want to settle for what God had for me yesterday. I want what God's got for me today. God, I can't get enough of you. So now we know where David is with his longing. Let's look at his response to God. 
I want to pick out three things that have particularly struck me from this psalm. Firstly, David addresses God in a very personal way, which I love. You, God, are my God. Who among us today has physically seen God or can claim to know his mind? No. No. He is so vast, so almighty, so omnipotent, so all-powerful, so perfect and holy, and that it's almost impossible to imagine that he has any interest in little old, semi-intelligent, not-very-perfect me. But we know that we are so privileged to be able to have that personal, intimate relationship with God. He hears us with whatever we bring to him in prayer. He cares and will take action. Secondly, David identifies God as his focus and the source of everything good. In this psalm, specifically, he talks about food and his bed. God's help, God's love. How easy is it for us to do that in our daily life? We might say things like, oh, I'm in a really happy mood because I've just spent some really good time with my friends. Or I've got this money to live on because someone's given me a job. Or I can go for a nice run this morning because the the pain cream I've put on my ankle has worked really well. But David quite rightly shows us that at the root of all good things is God. The idea of David clinging on to God reminds me of a baby clinging on to her mother, fully relying on her for food, comfort, health, well-being and everything she needs. And thirdly, this leads me on to my, my last thing. David uses some brilliant poetic imagery to express himself to God, which in turn helps us understand his longing. The Psalms are meant to conjure up emotion in us. They're meant to help us worship God and imagine him in different ways. I encourage you now, if you're um, bored of me, um, or maybe during one of the response songs later, have a look through this psalm. Psalm 63, pick out a phrase that invokes an image for you. This could be singing under the shadow of God's wings or being fully satisfied with the riches of food. Meditate on that. Memorize it. Use it when you seek God every morning. My prayer for you today is that God will speak to you through this on a personal level, as he is your God. So, as I conclude now, we learn from this psalm that seeking, thirsting, and longing for God is a good thing. David shows us that we can never have enough of God. We need to seek him every morning, for he is the source of everything good. As I finish, I'd like you, if you feel comfortable, to close your eyes. What is it 
that you are seeking or thirsting or longing for that only God can provide? Is it restoration? Maybe for a relationship, maybe for something that has fallen behind. Is it for healing, physical healing, mental healing? Is it for God's provision, the needs of yourself and your family, your friends and your community? Maybe you're longing for peace in a personal situation or something in the world. Maybe you're seeking a deeper relationship with God and what that means. Maybe you're longing for life's answers, some hope in the world. I'm just going to pray now, and if this prayer echoes what's in your heart, I encourage you to say amen. My God, I am longing for you. You know my heart and my mind. You see my needs and my desires. Only you can satisfy my longing. Only you can quench my thirst. I give you glory, for you are an almighty, powerful, loving God. Help me to rely on you for spiritual nourishment. Help me to depend on you for physical sustenance. Give me the desire to seek you daily. And together we say, Amen.